Let us turn in God's word then to the book of the Psalms tonight. The Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honour. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and all the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I'd like to leave with you tonight for your consideration, the Psalm 8. The Psalms are the most quoted part of the Old Testament in the New Testament Scriptures. And that tells us how important the Psalms are and have been to the church down through the ages. I would exhort you, congregation, to give more place to the Psalms. We couldn't give enough place to the Psalms, really, in our lives, in our devotion to God, and we should also be giving place to the Psalms in the church. So from time to time, I like to preach on the Psalms, and Psalm 8 here is one that I particularly like. We need all the Psalms, of course, not just Psalm 8, we need all the Psalms. There's something about the Psalms that is kind of like daily bread. Remember the Lord has taught us to say, give us this day our daily bread. There's the daily bread. And in the spiritual life, uh, perhaps that might be a reference to the Psalms. The Psalms could be looked upon as the daily bread of the people of God. If you were asked which book of the Bible would you take, if you were locked up in prison, you're going to be put away for months and years, or maybe you're going to be marooned on a desert island, and you were asked which book of the Bible would you take with you, I think we all would agree that it would be the book of the Psalms. For a start, it's a good large book, and we want to pick a good large book to take with us in that circumstance. But also it is containing all that we require for our spiritual nourishment. It contains prayers, contains hymns, it contains history and law, and of course it's full of Christ. The Psalter is so full of Christ in fact, we could say that the Psalms are the words of Christ. So it's a little Bible in itself. And so I think it's something that we should be uh, really holding dear and thinking about. 
I remember hearing the story of a, a Russian prisoner and all he had with him in the long years that he was in prison under communist rule was his psalter. And he was only allowed to keep that because it was in Hebrew. And the prison guards didn't realize that it was a part of the Bible. And he wasn't informing them any different about that. So they were kind of misinformed about its nature. And he was able to retain his psalm book. And it was everything to him. It brought him through, through it all. And being shut up with the Psalms, I'm sure changes a man and makes a man better. And the church has always recognized this down through the years. So much so that nearly all the church fathers have produced commentaries on it and sermons upon it. Chrysostom, Athanasius, Augustine, and the same can be said of the Reformers, Calvin. Uh, Luther preached through it regularly. And in recent times, one of the best productions from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon was his multi-volume treasury of David, which I certainly recommend to you to get and to read. Israel, we know, used the Psalms in abundance, both in their synagogues and in the temple. And the church carried on that tradition of singing the Psalms in every one of their services. The Reformation revived that again, and Calvin and Luther and their Protestant reformers brought back the singing of Psalms into the devotion of the church in the West. Chrysostom said of the Psalms, he said, we have the Psalms at the start of our service, in the middle of our service, and at the end of our service. And that was just a done thing for the, the old ancient church, always giving place to the Psalms. One of the greatest scholars in the Western Church was Augustine, who, I said, produced a commentary on the Psalms. He wrote many books. They weren't small books either. All of them, quite a lot of them were large books. Some of them are classics, especially his confessions. But his longest work was his commentary on the Psalms. His first sermon was preached on a psalm, and that was in the year 392. And it took him 25 years to complete his commentary and his comments and thoughts on the Psalter. His commentary was completed in the year 418. And of the Psalms, Augustine said, Everything written here is a mirror for us. If the Psalms pray, you pray. If the Psalm laments, you lament. If it exalts, you rejoice. If it hopes, you hope. If it fears, you fear. And so Augustine, he's really saying to us, sir, that our souls should be mirrored by the Psalms. We don't bring our souls to the Bible to mirror ourselves on the Bible. 
That's not how you get changed into the, into the image of the likeness of Christ. It is by letting the Psalms mirror your soul, mirror itself on you. And so it is to become part of you. Let the words of Christ, and in the context the apostle is referring to the Psalms, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly. Let it change you. Let it cause you to become the man who wrote the Psalms. To become like David. And of course David wrote many of the Psalms. But their real author is Christ. Christ is in every one of them. They are Christ speaking. And he gives us the Psalms, to make us like him, to think as he thought, to feel as he felt, to be sad as he was sad, and to rejoice as he was rejoicing. So we really can't get enough of the Psalms. We get back to Augustine again, just to give you an illustration of how important they were in his life. He learned to pray. He was quite up on in years whenever he was converted. He had an ungodly lifestyle and a marvelous conversion to God. A godly mother who prayed for him very much. He says that he learned to pray from the Psalms in his first love, in the early days of his first love. What utterances I sent up unto thee, my God. When I read the Psalms of David, those faithful songs and sounds of devotion when new to thy true love. What utterances used I to send up unto thee in those Psalms, and how I was inflamed towards thee by them, and burned to rehearse them. And I think it's a real shame that the modern church today, the evangelical church, has often displaced the Psalms. Misplaced them sometimes, and maybe even replaced them. There are some churches that don't even sing Psalms. I think this is not right. And the things that are replacing the Psalms, I'm not just talking about singing, but in the devotion, in the place that the Psalms have in the church life and in our own life, the things that are replacing them do not make us like Christ. Whenever Augustine entered his last illness, he asked that some Psalms be written out for him in large writing on great sheets that could be put on the wall before his bed. He knew that he was going to take a while to die. He knew that his last illness would confine him to bed, and he wanted to be prepared to have the Psalms in large print before him so that he could just lie there and look upon them on the wall and read them and sing them and pray them daily and constantly. And some of the psalms that he picked were the 
penitential psalms. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, and, and all of that. And it is said that he would constantly go through them. And the tears would often come from his eyes. And that was how he finished his days. And that wasn't something new to him. That's the thing. He just didn't decide on his deathbed, that's what I'll do. That, that was his life. That's how he lived. The Psalms were so important in his devotion. He didn't neglect the rest of the Scriptures. He dipped into all the Scriptures. But the Psalms were daily. They were daily. And he found comfort in them throughout all his life. And he found comfort in them in his death. Where did Augustine learn this? Where did the early church learn this? Where did all the fathers who kept giving to the congregation the diet of the Psalter, how did they learn this? And where did they learn this from? They learned it from their Savior, from Christ. Because we know from the lips of our Lord Jesus Christ that he loved the Psalms and daily breathed them. You remember his last day on the cross. The six hours on the cross, they were painful hours. Unspeakable agony. Unspeakable, indescribable pain. And on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22. But he didn't stop at one verse, you know. We believe that he went through all of the Psalms thereafter. Saying all the Psalms, the rest of Psalm 22, which is so appropriate to him being crucified, and he knew it. And Psalm 23, getting comfort from that too, in the valley of the shadow. And all those other Psalms, Psalm 24, the promise of the ascension and what was before him. Continuing right up to Psalm 31. Until he said, into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. He quoted that verse also. So he got to Psalm 31. He may have finished that psalm. Shortly thereafter he bowed the head. Psalm 22 verse 1 to at least Psalm 31 verse 5. The church has always believed he prayed that whole part of the Psalter. And it's wonderful to study the Psalter in the light of the cross. But there he is with his arms outstretched, his arms outstretched unto men and unto his Father in his deep agony. And what is he drawing his comfort from? The Psalms. That's where Augustine got it. That's where all the church fathers got it. That's where the ancient church has obtained it. And the modern church must not jettison 
the Psalter, from its devotional life. I heard the story of a man lately who dreaded the MRI scan that he was to receive. He was claustrophobic. He did not like the idea of being in a small space and listening to the noise and going through that procedure all the time that he was therein. What did he do? He closed his eyes. He never opened them until he was pulled out. And beginning at Psalm 1 verse 1, he continued to repeat all the psalms. And he got to Psalm 8 and even beyond it. For he was some time in it. But that brought him through. He could do that, you see, because he was a man who breathed the Psalter. It wasn't that he ever memorized psalms. He sung them daily. He regularly chanted them. They became part of his fabric. And when he was in that place, it was a comfort to him. He had trained his mind. He disciplined his soul. So that in a time of distress, it easily come back to him. And it brought him through. And many of God's people can relate stories like that. Let us then endeavor to reflect on Psalm, Psalm 8 tonight. 